The following program is sponsored by Bell & Pollock PC. Welcome to Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. Attorneys Gary Bell and Brad Pollock are ready to work for you. Reach Gary, Brad, and their team at championsofthepeople.com or by calling 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900. Good morning, Colorado. Here we go. The Bell and Pollock Injury Show. This is the Champions of the People Injury Show. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. For a reason, we champion people's causes and their lives and their families' lives. We help injured people. We're glad to do it. We've been doing it over 30 years to help people put their lives back together again. We are injury attorneys. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. I'm Gary Bell along with Brad Pollock. We've been in business for years helping injured victims, and we can help you. We do cases all over the state of Colorado, and we have done that for years. We have offices in Greenwood Village, Denver, and Steamboat Springs, and we do workers' compensation cases, auto accident cases, injury cases. And by the way, our website is an information letter website. You can go to championsofthepeople.com, and you can get all the information there. All of our shows are there. All of our podcasts are there. When we finish this show, it's loaded on our website as well all of our free free six legal books are there we have one book on uh, the colorado definitive guideline on colorado car insurance tells you what to do gives you picture examples and narrative explanations easy to follow we're glad to do this show we teach you and try to give you a level playing field with the insurance company that tries to beat you and defeat your injury claim once you've been injured we cover car accidents, truck accidents, bicycle accidents, workers' compensation, and speaking of which, today our subject is workers' compensation, injuries on the job. At the beginning, you need to understand this is a micromanaged area by the law. It's, a, it's very unique in that respect. There are not hundreds, there are thousands of rules and regulations published in workers' comp. There are statutes that micromanage different phases of workers' comp. Therefore, if you're going to navigate this insurance maze, you're going to need some help. You're going to need to understand these rules. But you can win this war. You're still at war. Uh, uh, Brad, let's start, let's start off by t- talking about the basics of, of workers' comp. Uh, you know, you're injured on the job, and everybody says, well, gee, I know that, injured on the job. But there can be vicious attacks by the employer and the insurance company on what whether you were really, really in, in, on the job and whether you're really an employee. Yes, there there are um, a, a great many questions that can be that can be brought up as far as whether or not you were carrying out the employer's duties and responsibilities of work you were supposed to be doing, whether you were in the course and scope of your employment, whether you were actually on the job, whether you weren't on the job. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it gets expanded. Uh, sometimes you think, well, maybe I was on lunch break, or maybe I really wasn't on the job when I was traveling to or from some some spot for my employer and you're decide, it's decided you are on the job. Other times it's decided you were not on the job um, and the employer will fight it vigorously or if you're breaking a rule or if you're uh, one of their safety rules, um, that a lot of times that's not arguing you're not on the job. That's simply saying you broke the safety rules and therefore your benefits should be decreased. But that that is not as easy as it seems at times. Uh, you, let's say you uh, work in a situation where you uh, go downtown and you are uh, you're you're going to attend a meeting um, and you're driving downtown to the meeting. The question is when do you get on the job in the morning? 
Uh, have you gone into work first and are you driving down from work? That may be one, a pretty simple one. What if you're driving straight from home to go downtown to, to do the job? Uh, uh, to do the job you're going to do. And normally your office would be out in the suburbs. Uh, are you now on the job because you've driven from downtown, I mean from home downtown, and now all of a sudden you are on the job? Um, arguments go both ways as far as what the particular duties were that day. What if you stopped off at Starbucks on the way to get a cup of coffee? Or if you were, what if you were planning on stopping off at Starbucks and therefore, as you're going down, uh, let's say, Broadway or Lincoln, you make a right turn and you go a few blocks out of the normal path that you would be going to get to your job uh, because, or to the job location where you're going that particular day because you wanted to pick something up. Um, these are all uh, avenues and arguments that are made by employers to determine whether you're on the job. Uh, a lot of times these things can be important to you or they cannot be important to you or they may not be important to you because it depends on how your injury occurred. Uh, were you in a car crash where it was your fault? Because work comp benefits will pay without regard to fault and therefore you may be able to get benefits if you've hurt yourself in a car crash that you caused. But were you in a car crash that was caused by somebody else? Maybe you don't want to be in the work comp system at that point. Maybe you want to be doing, maybe you want to be in just the regular system where you're carrying out a personal injury case. Uh, so th there's a lot of things that go on just with regard to that. And then, Gary, we talk about what goes on with the uh, uh, interplay between employees. If you have employees on the job and, you know, I can think of construction uh, work sites where employees goof around or even an office where employees goof around and they're doing things. And the question is when that occurs or what if there's a fight? Uh, that occurs uh, at, at, out at a site, and are, are they on the job or are they not on the job, and is work comp going to cover it or not? Right, and so the critical question is, were you on the job? It sounds like an easy question to answer, but many, many times it becomes complicated. And frankly, you know, as we've taught you over the years, that these insurance companies try to defeat your claim. They don't want to pay you, or they want to look, ways, look for ways to mitigate or reduce the payout to you. Now, today we're talking about an injured worker, but those rules uh, still still apply, as, as you know, to car accidents. Maybe you were rear-ended. We've explained that to you many times. They try to blame you. And if they can beat liability, if they can blame uh, somebody else or blame you or beat liability, then they don't have to pay you anything, not one dime. And so you need to understand these rules. Your attorney needs to understand these rules. We've had over 30 years of experience in workers' compensation. You can call us anytime at 303-795-5900. That's 795 5900 or our website championsofthepeople.com and you can contact us through the website as well understand and know this you're you're, you're working for a company let's say let's call it xyz company you're an employee so they're, they're as bad just explained they might attack you on where you're really on the job understand this your fight once you're injured on the job is really not between you and your employer even though the employer's names appears on the pleadings it's between you and the insurance company the work comp insurance carrier know that repeat that the fight is between you and the insurance company and yes some people say well my employer is going to get mad at me the insurance company is the one that wants to beat you and defeat you and so when you once you get that that concept firmly your, your hands firmly around the concept you understand what you need to do by compliance with all these rules and reg regulations. Uh, there's various um, permutations of what Brad was talking about. W were you on the job? And he gave a good example. And let's, let's go back to that example, Brad. You're going to work. 
the general rule is you don't pay, you're not paid workers comp if you're injured going to work or going home from work you're not paid workers compensation that's not on the job let's say you're a salesperson you are on the job driving your own car and we've done a show on on this when you're injured on the job and how, how that affects uh, the uh, civil liability with the car accident and how, how that affects the workers comp but let's say you're on the job and let's say what uh, brad's example you decide to go over and get a starbucks coffee you're on a sales call. You, so that's called a diversion. And the law has a funny word for it. It's called a frolic of your own. And if you're on a frolic of your own, then, Brad, you're not, you're not on the job. And they're going to attack it uh, once they find out the true set of facts. That, that's correct. And the, the, so uh, a lot of times you have to understand what you're doing and what you're not doing when you are making certain uh, uh, moves in your job and when you're doing certain things in your job. Because that's exactly correct. You're not on the job at that point when you're um, making that frolic and when you're moving over to get that cup of coffee. Now, you know, at the same time, Gary, let's say you know, you're a couple of salespeople who've gone out of town, and while you're out of town, you're, um, you're, you're going out to dinner. You, you and, your, and your boss are going out to dinner. You go out to dinner, and you, you have a few drinks, and you on the way out from the restaurant – you slip and fall and you hurt yourself um, because, and of course the restaurant is saying it's because you had a few too many drinks and you weren't paying attention so we don't have a dangerous condition and you all of a sudden say I want to now say I'm on the job because I was out of town and I was working at, at my in essence place of employment 24-7 and I was having dinner with my boss and I'm leaving the, the restaurant. Now, once again, you know, you know, the question is, is were you on the job or weren't you, were, were you not on the job? It's important when you hit, when you get into an injury like that, when you get into a situation like that, that you see a work comp lawyer immediately and you talk to the work comp lawyer to get all the specifics and particulars that are, that apply to whether or not work comp is going to cover the job, the injury. You know, the law calls that a, su- a sufficient nexus. Those are the legal words, just like frolic on, on your own, as I said a minute ago. But a sufficient nexus, meaning a sufficient connection between your functioning and Brad's example, out to dinner with your boss, but you're out of town. So the reason you went out of town is because you were on the job. Uh, you, were, you were required to, to be there. And that would not where you would normally be. And so they're going to fight. If they can beat you on the fact that you're not on the job, then they're not going to pay you anything. And you might have broken arms. You might have medical treatment. You might have future surgery. You might have low back surgery. This can become very serious and very debilitating, right? And so you need to understand that's the fight. You want to understand that. Your attorney has to understand that. You can call us anytime at 303-795-5900. You know, once you've been uh, injured on the job, as Brad said, it's a no-fault situation. Like if you're in a car accident, even if you caused it but you're on the job, you're going to get to be able to recover workers' comp benefits. And they're going to fight those. A lot of companies like to fight them, even though it's the insurance company. Some companies are self-insured. And believe me, I know, we know the ones that are self-insured. And believe me, they're going to fight this because, because it comes out of their pocket. Not their, They don't pay an insurance premium. They are self-insured. So you better know the rules and regulations. You better know when you can go back to work and when you can't. And when they file a GA, a general admission of liability, what does that mean? What exactly does that mean? Uh, so you, you're you injured. Uh, they file a general admission of liability. We're going to cover that after the break. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. This is the Champions of the People Injury Show. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Gary Bell with the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We are injury attorneys. This is your Legal Minute. We're talking about legal game plans today. What difference does it make? Listen, you've been injured in a car crash. It's not an ordinary day or event for you, but it is for the insurance company. You need a legal game plan as to how the accident happened. What was the mechanism of injury? How did you get hurt? What body parts are hurt? Maybe it's a cervical part of your neck. Maybe it's a lumbar part of your spine and the low back. You need a legal game plan for the accident. You need a legal game plan for your damages, injuries, and losses and how to prove them to the insurance company for the at-fault party. If you don't, you're guessing. You wouldn't guess at a recipe. You wouldn't guess at a blueprint. You wouldn't guess at directions. You need a legal game plan. Bell and Pollock will give you one. Championsofthepeople.com. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. The Champions of the People Injury Show. Our website is championsofthepeople.com. Simply put, it's because we have for years and still do champion people's causes, injury causes. Injuries can affect you, your life, your work, your whole family structure, your entire family. It can affect your children, your your wife, your extended family. We know that. Bell and Pollock, you can call us anytime at 303-795-5900. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. You can contact us through the website. By the way, we've written a book on workers' compensation coverage and insurance in Colorado and workers' rights to make claims. You can get a free copy of our workers' compensation book at our website, championsofthepeople.com. You can download an e-copy free, or you can call our uh, law firm at 303-795-5900 and order a hard copy free. We'll send it to you free. Right before the break, we were talking about you're injured on the job. Uh, okay, so they want to fight you on liability. They want to fight you. Were you in the course and scope of your employment? Were you really an employee? You might be an independent contractor. Changes the rules, right? You might be an ind- a true independent contractor. And so that's a whole body of law on that. But if, let's say they, they figure you're an employee. They say to themselves you were injured on the job. Okay, we're not going to be able to beat you there, so we're going to file a general admission. That's called a GA, a general admission of liability. This is a critical document. After we said at the top of the show, this area is micromanaged by not hundreds, but thousands of rules and regulations and statutes. Know the law here. Get to a good workers' comp attorney. So they file this general mission of liability, Brad. They usually, there's all kinds of blocks they can check, TTD, temporary total disability, PPD, permanent partial disability, all this uh, mumbo-jumbo. What they usually admit to is the very, very minimum. What they usually admit to... Is okay, you can go to the doctor and we'll pay for your, your medical bills, period. Well, yeah, and what you have to remember is that they'll say, okay, you're hurt and you can go to the doctor and we'll pay for your medical bills. Uh, that's after they've explored and determined whether or not they think you're on the job. Uh, they can they may still review that even after you've been they, they've admitted to it. But what you have to understand is what they don't admit to is the important part. Uh, what they admit to tells you what they're going to do. Uh, what they don't admit to to uh, admit to tells you what they're not going to do. And you may be very much in need of those additional benefits. And those additional benefits may be something to which you're entitled. And the fact that they're sending this document out, uh, a lot of times to the unknowing 
injured worker, they believe they're getting something good when they're actually getting something bad. So you have to be careful when you get that admission of liability, well, exactly what it says and what it doesn't say and what you're going to be, um, what, what benefits you're going to get, but what benefits they're excluding from you also, because you may be very disappointed if you don't act timely to protect your rights. Yes, and so the general admission of liability comes in the mail. We always look for that as your attorneys because what does that tell us? What does that tell you? It tells you they're going to admit that you're an employee, and you think, man, that's kind of funny, Gary. Brad, that's kind of funny. I was an employee. Uh, but sometimes you're an independent contractor. Sometimes uh, you have a different classification. Sometimes you're not on the job. They're going to admit then that you were in the course and scope of your employment. They're not going to allege that you were on a side trip somewhere getting a Starbucks or visiting a friend or whatever, and you really weren't on the job, even though you were, you, you were doing a sales call. So they're going to admit you were on the job, and they admit your employer. That's just the beginning of the fight. It's a big fight there, but that's the beginning of the fight. And why is that so? Because there's so many other things that, that you're going to have to fight for. What, what about payment for your disability? What about future medical treatment? What about uh, after they try to close the case out, you're going to learn in the show what we call Grover Medicals. What about your future medical care and costs? What about paying you for your, your disability? And what about your rating and MMMI? Sounds like a lot and a bunch of mouthful and, and a, a bunch of legal, legal words, and they are. That's why... You need to call an attorney. You can call us anytime at 303-795-5900. Do not assume because you got a GA, a general admission of liability, everything is fine. Don't assume that. Okay, Brad, the next step is you get the general admission of liability, and then they send you off to their list of company doctors, and you have to go. Uh, that's correct. Now, uh, there's a couple things that, that come up nowadays, and one is they may only have a doctor that they send you to, and that, that's the doctor you go to. Uh, or they may have a list of doctors that you get to select from. These are predetermined doctors that the, uh, that the uh, employer has selected. Uh, it's not as, it, as devious as it sounds, or it may be even more de- devious than it sounds, depending on who they picked and what the employer has done to, uh, to decide this doctor. Uh, there's a lot of small companies out there, and uh, you know when these small companies and small businesses get their work comp, it, at, at law, you have to have work comp. Every company out there has to have work comp. So if your employer doesn't have work comp, then that's even more of a penalty your employer's going to have to pay, and you've got some, some, some rights with regard to that. Although, as a sidelight, be careful. Your employer may not be having because they can't afford it, and then they can't afford to pay the penalties. But what you have is every employer is supposed to have work comp, and some employers will choose a list of doctors or a preferred, a preferred medical provider. Now, I've seen it where they'll list, choose a list of providers based on what they hear from other companies or from their corporate lawyer as far as these are the doctors you want to have because they're tough on employees to employers who simply pick the doctor who's closest to their location or their main location, and they say go to that doctor. Uh, but you have to go to the doctor that your employer has, has, has selected, or you have to choose from the list of doctors that that employer has selected. In the first instance, that's what you must do to go get your medical care. For years in the state, for years, you had to go to that doctor and you could not change the doctor. Now there's a rule that allows you to make a request to change the doctor. I mean, think about this. You're going to a doctor that's a stranger to you, right? You're not going to your own doctor. Here, here's a list, pick a doctor, and you go. And, and these doctors understand the game. They understand the system. 
they understand that they get a lot of work comp cases a day. I mean, I've taken depositions of doctors where they see 30, 35, up to 50 patients a day workers comp. Do they give you the sufficient amount of time you need? Sometimes, sometimes not. But understand, they know where they're getting paid, right? They will deny to your face their bias. They will deny they have any kind of bias whatsoever. But they're a work comp doctor for the company and the insurance company. What do you think about that? And we've covered that in the civil car accident cases uh, as well called IME. But here we're talking about going to the company doctor. You know, Brad, then one of the things uh, you go to the company doctor, one of their goals is to get you back to work. Maybe you, maybe you injured your, your leg. Maybe you have an outside job. Maybe you're in landscaping business. Uh, maybe you're in the construction uh, industry. They want to get you back to work, but you've had a, a maybe you have a low back injury and you got bona fide, provable, uh, remarkable findings on your MRI, and you can't work, or you can only do certain kinds of jobs, so they put you on restrictions. But the point is, the worker can't just assume for himself or herself that they can't work. The doctor has to say that in a in a script. That's correct. And once again, what you're dealing with, and you have to remember it, you're dealing with doctors. Uh, are you are you dealing with a highly regulated? area of law and area of practice and area of medicine and while the doctors are doctors they have the they have the necessary education and licensing they're actually operating under a different kind of system they're not under uh, acting under the normal system that you would think they would be acting under uh, instead these doctors have to do ratings they have to uh, provide care in accordance with the the work comp guidelines they have to make determinations in accordance with the work comp, comp uh, guidelines as far as whether or not somebody's able to work or whether they're not able to work. So when the doctors are doing this, uh, yes, they have, they have to document their records, and not all doctors agree to work within the work comp um, system. That's why you get a list of doctors. And once again, if the employer is doesn't know these these list of doctors, a lot of times the insurance company providing the workers' comp insurance is the one that's going to give you this list of doctors. And out of this list of doctors, um, you've got to select one. And quite often they are biased towards uh, making sure that you're going to get back to work. Sometimes they're, they're not. There's a few out there that aren't, but that's because they've been able to get into the system. They qualified, and they're, and they're used on the list because they're, they're, they're entitled to be on the list. But for the most part, these doctors are, are looking to determine whether or not how fast they can get you back to work and whether or not they can get you back to work and whether or not you need additional care. Because obviously what the insurance companies in the work comp system want and once again, they're the ones that are suggesting the doctors to most employers because most employers don't know what doctors to use. The insurance company want to be able to cut off your meds. They want to cut off your benefits. They want to get you back to work or they want to say you can go back to work and these things should be cut off. And your failure and refusal to go back to work gives them a reason to cut you off. Right. So that's what you need to pay attention to. Uh, you can call us anytime at 303 795 Five nine zero zero. That's seven nine five, fifty nine hundred. Our website championsofthepeople.com. Think about this concept. You're injured on the job. They file a general admission of liability. They admit they're going to pay for your medical expenses. So therefore, you can go to the one of these hand-selected doctors, buy them, and these doctors understand they get maybe thirty, forty, fifty referrals and see that many patients per day. But you can go to your own doctor. It's just not going to be covered by workers' comp. It's not going to be paid for by workers' comp. But you can always go to your own doctor. And we have a lengthy discussion with our clients about that, that um, principle and w why you should want to or maybe why you shouldn't want to. 
but something you need to know and think about and your attorney needs to know and think about. You go to the doctor and they put you on restrictions. Does your employer have to comply with those restrictions? What if the doctor says you're, you're, you're in the construction business and you can't do any construction work, but you could do desk work? Does your employer have to comply? Of course. What if they don't? Because do you think many of them don't? Some of them don't? You're right. Some of them do not. So you have rules and remedies on what you need to do and follow when they don't follow your restrictions. So you go through this process. You see the doctors. You get rated, which we're going to cover. But, but how do you get paid and what do you get paid for in the work comp system? That's next. That's coming up on the Bell and Pollock Show, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back. Honey, the kids are going nuts. Everybody's stir-crazy, and my patience is running thin. It's almost lunchtime. Why don't we go to Caitlin's? Their food is amazing, and they have those awesome baskets filled with fun to keep the kids pacified and entertained. That sounds perfect. What is it you like to get there again? Ooh, for starters, I love their green chili and chicken nachos. Then, I usually get most queso with the ground chuck patty, cheddar, and jack cheese, diced onions, tomatoes, and green chilies between two warm flour tortillas served at the side of green or red chili. Yum! What about you? Well, I'm famished, so I think I'll get one of their 13 sandwiches. Hmm, maybe I'll get one of each. And I I love the way you can get their sandwiches made into wraps instead. Maybe one of their bacon green chili cheese burgers or their salads or honey rain it in kids we're going to caitlin's caitlin's restaurant at the corner of mississippi and south birch street just east of colorado boulevard in glendale open monday through friday 6 a.m to 2 p.m and saturday and sunday 6 a.m to 3 p.m caitlin's restaurant you'll love it every bite of the way we're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Here we go. The Champions of the People Injury Show, Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We are injury attorneys, and we've been helping injured victims put their lives back together again for over 30 years. We can help you. 303-795-5900. If you come to see us, you get a free initial consultation and a free legal game plan. Everybody needs a legal game plan, a strategy, or strategies to win the war against the insurance company. You can get a free copy of our book. We've written one book on workers' compensation, which is what we're talking about today. Go to our website, championsofthepeople.com, download free any copy of any of our six books, uh, and you'll see the books there. But today we're talking about workers' compensation. Let's bring you up to date what we've talked about so far in the show. You're injured on the job, uh, so that sometimes they fight, they fight whether you're an employee status, whether you're really on the job. May they, they, so they file a GA, a general admission of liability. They admit you were on the job. They re- admit you were an employee. So they're going to send you to the doctor, and that's what they admit for. They don't admit to any of your injuries. They don't admit to the permanency. They don't admit to the restrictions. They don't admit to how this fights your life, how it affects your life. So what, what happens here is you get the general admission of liability, and as Brad said at the top of the show, you go, wow, wow, I'm in, the, I'm in the system that somebody's going to take care of me. Wrong. One of the biggest myths in this area is, you know, I've been injured. Surely some insurance company's going to pay me. It wasn't my fault. So uh, we covered restrictions, and then you're going to go to the doctor, you're going to treat, you're eventually going to be rated, 
You're going to be declared to be an MMI, maximum medical improvement, and you're going to be rated. Uh, so then what happens? What kind of benefits do you get? How do you get paid? Uh, Brad, let's, let's break that down for everybody. Uh, unfortunately, those benefits can be few and far between if you're not careful. Uh, what's the good part about work comp when you originally hurt? You have medical care right away without regard to fault. What's the good part about work comp when you originally hurt and you can't go to work and the doctor has said you can't work, you get two-thirds of your average weekly wage paid to you, uh, and, and that all sounds great. Um, but all of a sudden you find out that that torn knee, torn up knee, that you um, are now going to not be able to do your work in construction anymore, and so you're done. You're done. You can no longer have a, a career in construction, or you're going to have to figure out how to get a desk job when you, you don't have the, either the ability or the background for it. Uh, it may be what they call a scheduled injury, and if it's a scheduled injury, then what's going to happen is you're going to find that you get very few dollars for your injury, and you're out. And once you reach MMI, unless uh, with the Grover Medicals, you might be able to get uh, future care. But once you reach MMI, you may be cut off for, from much care. Um, and so you, you may have continuing problems with your knee or you may have continuing problems with your leg to be able to uh, carry out activities of daily living and to be able to do the things you want to do. But work comp has cut you off and you're not going to get that. Um, so the question becomes whether or not you get yourself into a situation where you start out with you start out with either t- normally temporary total disability or some type of partial disability, temporary partial disability, and that's why they're waiting to see if you reach MMI. Then they're going to talk about whether or not you have any kind of permanent partial disability um, or permanent total disability, which is a different situation, and how that fits into their schedule or how that fits into the way they pay your, prim- your, your care. Right. So, number one, you get the general admission of liability. They're going to pay for your medical expenses. So, that's one thing you get paid for. You get the doctor care paid for. You know, there's a whole host of questions of uh, after they try to close out your case, if you need future medical care and treatment, which we'll get to in the show. But there, you get the medical bills paid for. A couple of examples of Brad, what was Brad was talking about. What if you're injured on the job that you go to the doctor, their doctor, their workers' comp doctor, their insurance doctor, and she says, well, here are your restrictions, and so let's say you can't work for three weeks. In that example, you're not working at all. So do you pay your wages? Yes. Once the doctor says you can't work, not you, the doctor has to say it. So you get paid. What do you get paid? Brad just covered it. Two-thirds of your average weekly wage. For three weeks, then you go back to work after three weeks. What what happens, Brad, if you can't go back to work after three weeks? The doctor said you got three weeks off. Uh, you can't work. Things didn't improve. Uh, you're still you're still stuck. Uh, you want to get paid your wages. You need your wages. What happens then? Well, that, that's when you start having arguments with the doctor. Now, uh, when we talked earlier about whether or not you can change doctors, um, you can usually change doctors. You can have a one-time change within 90 days of, of the treatments commencing in the treatment or when the injury occurred. If you have not yet reached MMI, you're going to have to pick another doctor off their list. But you can get a different doctor, and maybe you just go get a different doctor who starts the process up over again, examines you, and determines what your injuries are, and perhaps doesn't agree with it. Um, you also can ask for a second opinion a lot of times with respect to what the doctor says, but that can get expensive. So, you know, now you're in, you're in a little bit of a, the horns of a dilemma, but you have to be able to address it if you can't go back to work. 
because you know the employer only has to make reasonable accommodations. And if the doctor says you can go back without restriction, then I'm going to tell you right now, you've got yourself in a terrible situation as far as them saying, hey, you, you, you know, the doctor's saying you can go back to work. There's no need for accommodations. The employer says, I'm going to follow what the doctor says. And you're sitting there saying, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Right. When the doctor gives you restrictions and they say they take you off to work, in our, our example, for three weeks. Uh, uh, and if you still can't do it, if you're still hurt, you need to go back to the doctor. And you need to call the nurse and the doctor and tell them, I can't do this. And you need to not wait two weeks for an appointment, a month for an appointment. You need to go back now and, and explain to the doctor what's happening because your three weeks expired. So that's just one small example. Understand all the concepts we're talking about in the show today are micromanaged by thousands of rules and regulations and statutes. So, And they have all kinds of uh, deadlines. You can call us anytime. You don't want to miss a deadline. Our phone number, 303-795-5900. That's 795 795- Five nine zero zero. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. All of our shows are there. Our books are there. It's an information loader website for you. You're injured on the job. That's what we're talking about today. So let's say the doctor says you can work part-time. Instead of being off for three weeks, you can work half days. But you've got these restrictions, and that those restrictions prevent you from doing your job. So you work in the morning, uh, 8 to 12, and then you don't work any, in the afternoon. Do you get paid, Brad, for the time that you don't work in the afternoon? Uh, yeah, you should get paid for that time you're gonna, you can't work in the afternoon. Once again, you may not be able to go to work anyway, return to work, because the employer can't make those accommodations for you. But you should get paid during that time period for, for the time that you can't work, the doctor says you can't work. Or for the, the you know, if, if there's some reason that you're losing income as a result of your injury. Um, that that's available to you if you're also making yourself eligible to work and do the and, and able to get, and willing to do the work that the doctor says you can do. Uh, the employer uh, may look and say we can't hold this position open for you or we can't even employ you under those circumstances. At which time you know now you're out looking for work and try getting work when you're being when you have to tell people I have to go to medical care and by the way I can only work in the morning only. Yeah, well, when you're sitting at home and the doctor said you have restrictions and you can't work, so the employer can't, can't accommodate your restrictions, so you're sitting at home. You want to get paid. So you want to get paid your average weekly wage, two-thirds of it, and that's tax-free. That's the way it's set up under the system. Two-thirds, think about it, two-thirds of your average weekly wage. So now, where are we in this process? They filed a general mission of liability. You're getting your medical bills and expenses paid. You're going to the workers' comp doctor. You can go to your own doctor, but you have to pay for it. Now you're off work. Now you're getting two-thirds of your average weekly wage, right? And now you're treating, and you're treating. And maybe you go to therapy. Maybe you go to acupuncture. Maybe you're going to have surgery. Maybe you're going to have injections. At some point here, Brad, the doctors and the insurance company want to declare you to be an MMI, maximum medical improvement, which means you're as good as you're going to get. Hey, have a nice day. You're as good as you're going to get. We've done everything we can for you. We want to stop your medical care and, and put, put you on your own. And, yeah, maybe you still have some restrictions. Maybe you have some impairments. But now we're going to rate you. And another fight comes up with more rules and regulations. Well, not only are we, do we want to rate you, but what, if we can get you to MMI and say that's where you're at, maybe we can cut off or at least have a definitive point where this uh, two-thirds of your average weekly wage doesn't have to be paid to you. We don't have to give you those benefits. Uh, we're going we're gonna to rate you, and we're going to determine a total amount that you're entitled to, 
and we're going to get out from underneath the system. Uh, once again, that is an, uh, a reason, a motivation uh, for these company doctors to get you there as quickly as possible. Because the sooner they get you there, get you into the rating sc- or under the schedule and say, this is the total amount you're going to get, the faster they can stop the um, these payments. And believe me, they don't like making these payments to people who aren't working, aren't doing anything. And so, you know, there, there's all sorts of benefits and reasons to get you to MMI. You have to be careful because a lot of times a doctor may place you to MMI before you're ready. You're, you're not as good as you're going to get. And you have the ability to get better. And you need that time available to go to doctor's appointments, to do what the doctors say, to go to physical therapy, to go to, where, uh, to the massage therapy, to go to wherever they send you so that you can try to get yourself to, to the point where you are at MMI, where you are the best you're going to get, and where you can make yourself eligible in the workforce again. Right. And one of the big fights is, uh, and this is going to astound you, I hope you're sitting down. One of the big fights is, you. let's say you injure your arm, and they call that, uh, they want to classify that as a limb rating. Your, your hand is a limb. Your leg is a limb. They want to call it, classify it as a limb rating uh, because it pays you less money, Right. And it can be a scheduled injury, and I can't. Exp- I don't have the time to explain scheduled injuries today. But let's say you injure your arm and it goes up into your neck and your shoulder, then that can push you to a whole person rating, a different rating, different compensation, and you un- you need to understand these rules before you go into the system. Your attorney has to know these rules, right? The fight. So you get paid your lost wages, and then when they're going to rate you and pay you for your disability, your injuries, your permanent impairment, they're going to try to reduce it down to a limb rating or something smaller, not a whole person rating. Many traps in the workers' compensation system. Right after the break, we're going to be talking about the traps. They're in our book. Our book is free. It's on our website, championsofthepeople.com. What are the traps you face in this system? Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Bell and Pollock will be right back. Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell and Pollock. We are injury attorneys. This is your legal minute. Today, we're talking about MedPay. What is MedPay, by the way? MedPay is on your own car insurance policy. It's there to pay your medical bills in case you're injured in a car crash, a collision. It's there to pay your medical bills, your reasonable and necessary medical bills, and they pay your medical bills regardless of fault. Therefore, you want your MedPay as high as you can afford by the highest limits you can get. We say this all the time. And by the way, if the accident is not your fault and you recover money from the at-fault party, then you don't have to pay the med pay back. That's how important this is. Gary Bell, Bell and Pollock, champions of the people. Give us a call. We'll help you. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. It's Mandy Connell, and it's time for Your Legal Minute, brought to you by my friends at Bell & Pollock. Listen to their show right here on KOA every Saturday at 10 a.m. Hi, I'm Gary Bell with the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We are injury attorneys. This is Your Legal Minute. I tell you what, you've been injured in a car crash. Do you really know what to do? If you were injured by a drunk driver, you need a game plan for that drunk driving situation. That's different than if you were hit by a texting driver. You need a different legal game plan. We have trademark protected our legal game plan. Brad Pollock and I have put our 30 years of each experience into this legal game plan for you, tailored to you, your injuries, your condition, your medical treatment, your diagnoses, your future, for you and your family. Bell and Pollock, we can give you this free initial consultation and a free legal game plan, all for you. You can't guess. 
Don't guess. Don't surmise. Don't speculate. Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. All right, here we go. The Bell and Pollock Legal Show. This is the only show of its kind. I'll tell you what, we're here to teach you and educate you to try to give you a level playing field with the insurance company who has their own strategies to beat you and defeat you. You can win this war. It is a war. Auto accidents are a war. Motorcycle accidents are a war. Truck accidents, bicycle accidents, when they happen, that's all a war. But you can win the war. You can win the battle, and you can win the war. And what have I said many times? You have to understand how the enemy is going to attack you. Just like in a military operation before, you can devise a plan, a strategy, a game plan, a legal game plan to beat them. We published a book. It's so important called Legal Game Plan. You can get that free on our website, championsofthepeople.com. It's a no-brainer. Get the books. Read the books. Give us a call anytime, 303-795-5900. Today we're talking about workers' compensation. We've just scratched the surface. We can't cover many, many things in this hour-long show. We're trying to give you the basics, and we're trying to give you the rules that you know. What are the traps in this system? You know, if you get our, if you get our book on workers' comp, championsofthepeople.com, it's a free book. You can download any copy free. If you want a hard copy, call our law firm at 303-795-5900, 795 We'll send you a hard copy. You know, last time I checked the book, uh, I think we put 17, repeating that, 17 traps you can fall into as an injured worker, and we didn't cover them all. We couldn't cover them all. We covered some of the major ones, some of the major ones. We're going to talk about them. Uh, we're going to talk about it right now because this area is micromanaged, as we've said, by thousands of rules and regulations. You know, the, one of the biggest traps... And we've seen it, especially with self-insured employers. They have their own they have their own insurance program. They don't hire an outside insurance company. They don't pay a premium. They have a division inside their company, and they handle their own their own uh, workers' comp. Now, the trap is, you go report the claim like you're supposed to to your to your supervisor, to your boss, to your employer. You were injured on the job, and they say we're going to send you to a company doctor. Maybe some of them right down the hallway, right on premises. Company doctor, question. Did they open up a work comp claim with a division of workers' comp? And that's that, very and, important. And that's important to know. Um, if you it, w- Once you're in the system, these rights and benefits are going to be available to you. You're going to get notice from the work comp division or from the insurance company for the for the for your employer and you're going to get notice that the work comp system is now taking place and that you're in the system do you want to be within that system yes because without being in the system you're subject to all the whims of whatever the company may be deciding with its own doctor or with the doctor it sent you to you you have no rights that you can fall back on uh, you don't know the nature and extent of your injuries uh, you, you don't even know if you're getting quality care or care that fits within what you should be getting uh, uh, for your for your injury um, so uh, and and you may not be eligible or you won't be eligible if you're not in the system for the um, for the lost income 
that you have uh, that you incur while you're trying to recover and why you can't get to work. Um, now, is, if your employer walks in and says, okay, we'll pay you that anyway, the question is, where are your rights? Because right now, the employer is simply doing that out of the goodness of its heart or the, the goodness of its pocketbook to try to preserve its premiums or to try to preserve um, what it, its perfect safety rating uh, and records so that it can have some kind of a some kind of special privilege that it believes is more important than your safety and your care and your physical maintenance and your phys- and your and your medical care. So you don't want to get into a situation where the employer just says, "Go on down and I'll take care of it." That's another situation where you may be faced with an employer who doesn't even have work comp, and they're sending you to their favorite doctor. Um, uh, the employer has a doctor friend, I'll send you these people, you get them in and out of the system. I don't have to pay you very much and I can do better than paying that premium that I have to pay every year for workers comp that, um, the employer just wants to avoid. Right. And so you're not in the system. Know that, you know, there's many employers and we know them that, that do this. And we, we advise people when they come to our office, if you work for employer X, Y, or Z, we need to look at the following. So you were injured. You reported your injury. They sent you to the company doctor. There's one of them. Just go down the hallway to the company doctor, door number three. They don't open up a claim. They don't open up a, a worker's comp claim with the worker's comp division. And then, and as Brad said, they pay, say, we're going to pay you your wages. But if they cut it off, it's voluntary, so they can cut it off. What are your rights? you got to be in the system. You have to have a WC number, a worker's comp number, right? A WC number. And so... And I've said this for years, and there's some good companies out there, and there's some good doctors, uh, but we're not talking about those today because many, many times the workers aren't sent in that direction. All right, so what, what do you think about companies that post a safety record? Hey, we have now 381 working days without uh, an incident. You know, God bless those worker, those employers because many times that's true, and that helps the workers and keeps your family intact. But the ones that's post, you know, there's 381 days of, of uh, safe work uh, days with no injury. They didn't open up a work comp number, so there's nothing reported, so there's nothing to be claimed or shown, and they can claim it anyway. That's one of the traps. So we're just touching the, the surface here. Well, I, you know, and I, I agree with you. God bless the, the, the workers and the people who have kept them from being any kind of claim made. But then again, the problem is if the employer becomes so so vested in how many days without an injury and if the employees become that way then what you get is you get ostracized as an employee if you do have an injury because you don't want to report it and the employer is putting extra pressure on you not to report it now an injury that even requires stitches normally can go through the work comp system if 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 it if it requires that kind of injury it's going to be paid by the work comp doctor the employer probably has a deductible and would be paying most of the care anyway, but now that gets reported and there goes your perfect record. But what about the employee who's walking around with a very hurt back uh, because they've strained it or they've, 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 uh, they, they've herniated a disc, but they don't want to report it because they'll ruin the perfect, uh, the, 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 the ongoing number of days where there hasn't been a work comp injury or there hasn't been a problem on the job. This creates a real problem because the employee will never get to get that back taken care of. Now, all of a sudden, the pain's radiating into their legs, is radiating in, or into their arms. They're, they're hurting. They're in tremendous pain. They're trying to get in there and go to work. Normally, what happens to that kind of employee is they start looking for another job. 
So you, you, you can't let the number of days or that nice record stand in the way of getting yourself treatment and getting yourself into the doctor and doing what's necessary to protect yourself. Because at some point, when you can no longer do the work, you're going to lose your job. And if you can't do the work as a result of an on-the-job injury, that means you've got to be able to get your work comp benefits. And if you were never entered into the system with a WC number, then there's no system to protect you. There's no hearing. There's no rights. It's all voluntarily by the employer, and they withdraw it. So then what are you going to do? That's just one trap. We could talk about that trap all day long. You know, let's go to another couple of traps. Uh, You can find these in our book on our website, championsofthepeople.com. What if you you fail to use the safety device? Let's talk about a roofer. No belt on, no way to, to keep from falling off the roof. They're going to try to whack your benefits. You didn't follow a safety rule. What if you didn't follow the safety rules that were published and you knew about them uh, from the company? What if you misled your employer about your physical condition to do the job? Uh, what if your injury resulted in, from the use of drugs or alcohol in part or in whole? All of these are traps for you. All of them. All right, the next one. This is a big one. we got to get to this one. It's, we, we've been talking about these Grover Medicals. So you go through the system, you're injured, uh, you're rated by the doctor, given a rating that maybe 10% whole person, maybe 18% whole person rating, maybe 6% whole person rating. So you're given a rating by the doctor, and then the company says, okay, we're good. You're at MMI, maximum medical improvements. You're as good as you're going to get. We're, you're good. Uh, we're not going to pay any more of your medical bills after we close your case out. And, Brad, what does a Grover case hold? Well, a Grover case holds that that doesn't happen. In essence, uh, you, you, you have to have a lawyer go in and you have to protect yourself as to future medicals. If you know you're going to have future medicals right then, uh, if you're a young person and you've had an orthopedic device put into your body that uh, the doctors tell you this is only going to last for 10 or 15 years and you're going to need something else, if you know you're going to have these future medicals, you have to get in there and preserve them right away. Uh, if you have the future medicals as a result of the injury you incurred on the job, you need to get a lawyer to get in there and see if they can reopen the case and get you additional benefits for the, for the additional medical care you need. Um, this was a case, I believe, decided about 1988 in the, in the late 1980s where there was a huge fight over this. And it, it, it never ceased to amaze me how many people even now uh, will sit there and sit, when they know they have future medicals, they have lawyers or they get themselves stuck into a, what you call a full and final settlement where you give up any chance of those future medicals or you don't leave yourself in a position where you can protect yourself for the future medicals. Right. Think of it like this. The, the company wants to get rid of your claim and close it out forever and never hear from you again. You, on the other hand, need future medical care and treatment, as Brad just described. You might need f- surgery in the future. Two co- very competing different interests, right? They want to get rid of you. They want to close out the file, never hear from you again. And you want to be taken care of from your work injury in the future, right? How does that work? This is just a small part of the, of the pie, this small part of the picture. How does it work? Well, then the company says, okay. We, we might be liable for future medicals under the Grover case called Grover Medicals, but we want to enter into a full and final settlement with you where you sign a document where you waive and give up the Grover Medicals for your future medical care, and we're going to pay you extra money to do that. Is that in your best interest? Do your attorneys think it's in your best interest? Right? Very important questions. Bell and Pollock, Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. We've been helping injured victims for over 30 years. Go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. Our, our, our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We have offices in Denver, Steamboat Springs. We do cases all over the state of Colorado. You can call us anytime at 
5900, that's 795-5900, or go to our website, championsofthepeople.com, because we are your champions of the people. See you next week.